740. Time now for our In the Zone UCF report with OrlandoSentinel.com reporter Jason Beatty. Let's check in on the UCF Knights. Got a lot to discuss there. The man who is on the beat, he is all over it, Mr. Jason Beatty at OrlandoSentinel.com. You can download the app like I do, get that subscription. At the real BD on Twitter is where you can find him on social as well. Jason, that did not go as planned. We will get to the loss in a moment, but how was your trip to Greenville? <laughs> uh, if I called it memorable, I would be lying. I'm going to be honest with you. It is a true college town, and I understand why people like towns like that. But man, it's a it's a small town there in Little Greenville, but. Uh, it was a. I had a. I had a good time. I'm going to be honest. I went to a couple breweries. Nice. Had a good Friday night and uh, relaxed on Saturday before the game. And got home on Sunday. So, quick trip as usual. But I enjoyed myself. You know, and that's the thing with these little towns is that they seem like nothing. But if you just find a couple of spots to go to, especially if you're only there for a couple of days, that's really all it takes to entertain yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also important to remember that you know people live everywhere. So yeah. uh, there's there's plenty of things to do, and uh, but it is a true college town, and I think UCF's going to get more of those in the Big Twelve. I mean, you look at the American, you have you know Memphis, Philadelphia, Orlando, uh, Houston, those big major hubs, and and in the in the Big Twelve, it's Lawrence, Kansas, Lubbock, Texas. You know, the hard places to get That's to, kind of like Greenville. So uh, if UCF fans, if you travel to that one. Uh, be ready for more like that. <laughs> wow, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you'll have to fill us in a year from now on how exactly those trips work out. Like, you fly into <laughs> neighboring, nearby airport, uh, airports, and then you have to drive an hour and a half to get to your destination. It's probably something like that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. But no, I had a good time. It's always a fun trip, for sure. So, well, it would be more fun if we get to discuss a win. Unfortunately, UCF was slow out of the gate in this one. What did you see, or I guess the better way to ask is, what did you not see from their offense in this game that had been present in others? Well, I think at the bare minimum, you saw rhythm. Uh, you saw balance. And I, honestly, you look at the stats. I mean, I think ECU only had 20 or 30 more total yards. I mean, John Rice Plumley threw for 296 yards. So statistically, he was you know passing for a ton of yards. They came on large chunk plays. I think he had five or six passes uh, account for more than half of his total yardage. So they had success moving the ball down the field, but it was it, it was one of those things where he'd you know, get picked off or fumble or whatever it may be. The three interceptions, of course, were a big reason why UCF's offense just couldn't stay on the field. So uh, really, they never got into a flow early, uh, and, and that really caused problems. You know, ECU did a really good job of keeping UCF's offense on the field, and then when they were on the field, they turned the ball over. So uh, what I didn't see was was flow uh, and a rhythm on offense. I spoke a lot about accountability in the opening uh, of the show today. Did anybody fall on the sword for this? Did Gus put his hand up at the podium and say, hey, that one's on me? Or Was there anything like that? Because this just it didn't feel like a normal loss. You know, you expect you're going to lose some games, but I didn't expect UCF to get blown out at East Carolina. Well, we haven't talked with John Rice Plumley. I'm sure he would take some responsibility. We also didn't speak with uh, defensive coordinator Travis Williams. Usually we speak on Sunday nights, but uh, it was canceled because some of us weren't going to be be back in time and it couldn't be rescheduled. So 
Uh, for now, who we spoke with were some of the other leaders on the team. And, and, of course, Gus Malzahn spoke on Monday. And he took some responsibility even after the game when we spoke with him in Greenville. You know, he understands they have to do a better job of coaching John Rice Plumley to make the right reads, make the right throws. And, um, you know, so Gus understands at the end of the day, you know, he's the head coach. It's his responsibility to get the players prepped, to call the right plays. He is the one calling the plays, of course. So um, he definitely has taken some responsibility for the loss. Is is John Rice Plumley the most puzzling watch week to week that you can ever recall? I, I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback run as hot and as cold as I see with him. I just never know what I'm going to get. And and it's not like it's there's a lot of quarterback play at both levels, college, NFL that I watch, and I'm like that guy's just average. And every week he's average. With Plumley, he looks elite one week and then like he's never played the position before the next. It, it's puzzling to watch. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with his career. I mean, you talk about his freshman season at Old Miss, 2019. He was he broke a ton of program records. He was an SEC, uh, you know, all freshman, all American, uh, you know, a really highly talented freshman. And then in 2020, you know, Matt Corral comes in as a coaching change that leads to John Rice totally not being involved anymore offensively at quarterback. At least he makes a switch to receiver. You know, obviously he's passionate about baseball as well. So um, I think the way his career has gone, of course, he transferred to UCF to play quarterback again. But uh, just looking at his career, it's it's it kind of fits the way he plays week in and week out. It's a bumpy road. This weekend against Cincinnati, no easy task. It's 3.30 on ESPN. So I guess the network didn't really dock them as far as this game too much. Is there... Do you think that there's less notoriety on it in terms of the the billing that it's get, the time and and the channel, any of that changed based on UCF losing and Cincinnati winning? Well, if UCF had won, uh, I, I almost would guarantee you college game day would have come. Everything had gone the way leading up to the East Carolina game. You know, uh, Clemson won. Uh, Syracuse did not win. Kansas State lost. So you look at where they're going. It's obviously great that College Game Day is highlighting HBCU and Deion Sanders and that program. I think that's awesome. Uh, but if UCF had won, it's a good chance, especially with Lee Corso living in Orlando, that they would have come to UCF. It probably would have been a top 25 matchup, most likely. I mean, yeah. UCF was two spots outside of the AP poll last week. So, um, you know, I think beyond all of that, though, it's, it's still a 3.30 kick. It's still on ESPN. Uh, maybe it would have been on ABC instead, but it is still on the national network. Um, you know, and I think even so, despite the loss, it, it's still a really big game. I mean, if anything, you can make it a point that this is now a must-win for UCF. A conference championship becomes really difficult with two losses on their conference record. So right now they have only one. Uh, but you have to beat Cincinnati if you're the Knights in, in terms of wanting to reach the championship game. So uh, I, I still think this game has, you know, you talk about the Bearcats, they've won three in a row against UCF. So uh, this this game still means a lot for UCF and, and fans alike. We're chatting with Jason Beatty, UCF beat reporter from OrlandoSentinel.com. So what is the scenario for UCF to make the conference title game? Is it just as simple as, if they win out, they'll be fine because they still have Cincinnati and Tulane on their schedule. Yeah, that that's pretty much what it boils down to. And that's the most frustrating thing, I think, for UCF is, 
you know, you're usually able to lose one conference game and probably still make uh, the conference championship. Of course, it depends on who you lose to. Uh, if you were to say, you know, you lose once, you probably wouldn't want to have that game be against East Carolina just because you know Tulane is a surprise team this year. They're undefeated. They're ranked. We know about Cincinnati. UCF, of course, doesn't have Houston on their schedule. So, you know, maybe if you take care of Cincinnati and Tulane, you'll face Houston in the championship game. By losing that conference game to East Carolina, you can't lose to Tulane and Cincinnati because they're going to have the head-to-head over you, you know, to reach the conference championship. Of course, if they lose two games down the stretch, then you're in with, you know, one loss. But uh, it, it's it's a difficult path with one loss to ECU on their record. What do you make of several players sort of calling out UCF fans for not filling the bounce house this year? Have you seen that stuff going around social media? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I, I think I've I've seen a couple of tweets. I think Javon Baker, Amari Johnson, a couple of the receivers, maybe some of the guys who uh, you know Baker specifically hasn't seen that. Uh, and I don't think they mean anything negative about that towards fans. I think it's a fair point. Say, hey, look, I'm new to the team. I haven't seen the bounce house. I mean, you see social media account sharing photos from the 2018 Cincinnati game and, you know, some of those sellout conference championship games and, and whatnot. Um, it, it hasn't happened in a little bit. I mean, you know, there were a lot of fans of the Louisville game and I'm sure it's going to be close to a sellout this week. And I think UCF internally has announced the sale. Of course, there's still tickets need to be sold on third party websites and whatnot, like Ticketmaster. But, um, you know, I don't think they necessarily mean anything like, you know, hey, we don't like you guys anymore, but I think uh, they just want to see a packed house. Yeah, and I know that the, the loss dampens some of the excitement. There's no way around that, but still a big game, and you, know, you get that top billing at 3.30 feels like a big deal. I guess part of the issue, Jason, would be the exact same time, and this would be for attendance issues and for uh, TV ratings issues, is that you have Florida-Georgia at the exact same time. So I guess there's just no avoiding that. No, not really. Um, you know, even if UCF had won, I still think they'd probably still be playing at 3.30 just on ABC instead. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I think the fans who are going to go to Florida, Georgia are, are a different group. And uh, UCF fans, uh, they want to beat Cincinnati just as badly as the players do because you look at the Bearcats and what they've done, of course, making the college ball playoff. And Luke Fickle just became the winningest coach in their program history. They've won three in a row, like I said. So, uh, you know, over UCF, of course. So they want to beat him badly. Jason Beatty, you can find him on Twitter at the Real Beatty online, OrlandoSentinel.com for all of his great UCF coverage. We appreciate it, Jason. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Absolutely. So on the text line at 50857, this one came through a couple minutes ago. It said, uh, the Knights have the same record as the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody needs to R E L A X. Relax. Stop. I mean, first of all, uh, losses in the NFL aren't nearly as detrimental to your season and your expectations, your hopes and dreams, as they are in college football. We all know that. And Kansas City doesn't have a single South Carolina state on their schedule. You know, college football teams schedule cupcakes so that they get guaranteed victories so that, um, you know, they can get warm-ups and um, bowl eligibility and all of those things that come with it. So it's, it is definitely not apples to apples when you're talking about a win-loss record in college. 
and in the NFL. UCF's put themselves in a corner where they have to win the rest of their games, and we've seen so much up-and-down play from the Knights. It's hard to believe that that's what you're going to get. From here on out, they just play play perfect football. No, you know that another trip-up is coming. They've got tough games left on their schedule in conference, and UCF has shown that they are not anywhere close to a perfect football team, at least not week-to-week. They can look like it, but we haven't seen that consistency. <clears throat> Excuse me, that consistency. This is why you got to not do not, if you get into broadcasting, eat peanuts before you come on the air. Coming up next, Sam Monson speaks on the impact that CMC will make in a real-life sense for the 49ers and more on the broken Buccaneers after this.